Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. My name is Phil Mason. He's David Hess. It's time to talk basketball. Hess, man, the break is over. What did you do during your break? Um, mostly just XFL work, so it really wasn't much of a break. But at least it wasn't daily. Right, right. I got you there because uh, I, I didn't do anything except what I usually do, which is too much. But uh, I'm glad for the break. I didn't watch any of the all-star things. I didn't pay any attention to much. Um, you know, when I covered the Knicks, I learned that the all-star break was a break for a reason. And you should take one. But you know what? If you want to go out and make cash, then that's the way to do it, right? Every day grinding, right? Is that what you call it in DFS now, grinding? Yeah, I think I think most people use that term. Okay, I didn't know. I I, I mean I I heard the term, but grind isn't grinder more for a cash game though. I think cash games are definitely more of a grind, but the research, the daily research that goes into NBA is just as much of a grind as anything. Oh, tell me about it. you know you know what's worse? I'll tell you what's worse. Handicapping college basketball games, especially when you get like Niagara against Marist or someone like that. That's a grind, too. But I, I don't play cash games. Now, you do, right? Nope. No cash games. I play strictly GPPs right. in I, every sport. Yeah. See, I, I don't play cash games. I, I don't like them. When I first started playing back in the daily joust days, they had them. And it seemed like it was too easy. So I, I went for the GPPs, and that's where actually the money is. And that's that's kind of the allure for uh, folks when they join is to hit that big one. Is that why you started playing Daily Fantasy Sports? Um, maybe initially. I actually kind of talked about it kind of recently with James McCool that I think that the, the big allure of winning is what pulls all the casual players. But then once you start doing it, it's like that competition of pitting yourself against all those other people that spent all their days doing research too and getting that, that mental payoff that you're actually better than they are. Well, that's fair. I, I used to have that in, an, in another world of mine called tennis. But, yeah, I get it. I get it. We've got this big slate for a Thursday. We've got six games. What's your favorite game on the slate? Which is the game that you are targeting for GPP play? Mm, that's tough, but I'm probably going to lean Memphis-Sacramento. Okay. Cause I, 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 think, would, I, I think... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I, I like Houston and Golden State better. I think everyone's going to like Houston and Golden State better, which is why I didn't say it. Right. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, that's where... There's going to be some money in that game, though, I think. Yeah, I, I think that you definitely want a player or two from that game, but I don't think that you need to stack it. I think having two bad teams play in Memphis and Sacramento a half an hour before, that'll also work as a late-game hammer and has some really good prices. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is 7400 Right. playing Memphis. That's a fair uh, The last price. time we saw him that low was I don't even know when. There's, there's so many underpriced guys in that game, and it's two terrible teams playing against each other that – I want more exposure to that game because I think it'll be one closer. I don't try to predict blowouts, but, I mean, two bad teams versus one good team and one bad team. I just prefer the two bad teams in general. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. I, I see the Miami and Atlanta game is 229, and now it's up to 230 and a half. 
and, and my money says why. Because Miami's going to play defense. Miami's going to score on the awful Hawks. But uh, I wouldn't say Memphis is a bad team. Why do you say they're a bad team? They're, they, if the playoffs were to begin today, they would make the playoffs, right? Uh, they're, they're just a bad defensively, de- like defensively speaking. They're okay. a good basketball team, but they're a really high-paced team that doesn't play a lot of defense. So it's, it's a team that I like to target for fantasy purposes. And you, you, you're looking, you're leaning more towards Sacramento, correct? Uh, not completely. I mean, John Morant is 7,000. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 7,400. Buddy Heald, 6,600. Dylan Brooks is still 5K. He's always 5K. Dylan Brooks should have 55 fantasy points, and they come out the next slate, and he's 5K. Yeah, right. I remember I used to host this radio show with my friend Kevin Leip, who covered them. For Memphis Flyer, and we did this thing every week. And Dylan Brooks was a rookie, and he started almost every game. But man, I have a hard time pulling the trigger on him after that experience because you know that is my experience with him. He wasn't very good. Oh, I think he's a great shooter. I mean, you know, when you're rostering him, you're really hoping that it's a it's a hot shooting day, and he's been cold actually the last like week or two. Um, but that's kind of like why I really like him in this situation is because he's been ice cold. He hasn't had more than 17 fantasy points in like three games. He's coming back. It's a good matchup. It's a good price. I think that he'll be under-owned even though he's underpriced. And after the, I, I think after this, this break that he's going to come back and he's going to be shooting well. Okay. Because I'm just that, – that's just me, I guess, because I've never seen him do well. So what I'm saying to you is – I don't know. <laughs> but you know who I like in that for Memphis and I think is going to have a great time is DeAnthony Melton. He's $4,000. He's going to play 25 minutes. It's on the road against Sacramento. Sacramento's defense isn't that great either, especially their second team. And I think he eats because I think John Morant is going to hit that rookie wall at some point. That's my That's just my opinion, actually. Yeah, it's a little bit of a hot take, but I That's actually like That's what I like do for John a living, Morant. brother. <laughs> well, I was saying that I actually like John Morant more than Zion when the draft was coming around. Okay. As far as uh, talent perspective, I think that Zion's more athletically gifted, so his ceiling's always higher. But I love John Morant. I mean, in college, in the draft, and I think that, you know, as long as it's not skewed because of Zion's star status, that... Josh should have a legitimate shot at rookie of the year. Well, that's that's not my point. I, I think he should win it too, but at some point he's going to hit a rookie wall. And I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later because every rookie goes through it and he hasn't yet. Trey Young actually got hotter as his rookie year went. Well, Trey Young that's, couldn't that's get kind any of the but, same feel. Well, but yeah, but but think about it this way though. Trey Young couldn't get any worse. He was shooting. He was one for forty-one at one point from beyond the arc. I've never <laughs> seen anybody do that. <laughs> yeah, I just I kind of get that feel from John Morant. You know, he's been priced around seven K all season, right. and I think that by the end of the season, he's a ten K player. Well, this is the way it should be because hot takes are what I do for a living. You know, that's that's what I do, and, and the NBA is the sport I cover the most. I, I don't like Trey Young on this slate, though. I don't like him against Miami at all. Do you like him at all? No Trey Young for me. 
<laughs> I, I try not to uh, target players against Miami. You know, sometimes if I get somebody at a really cheap price or a really low ownership, like if we come into tomorrow and nobody's talking about Trey Young and I think he's going to be under like, like 10% on a, on a six-game slate, I'll probably play some Trey Young just in case. But if you're playing one lineup, you absolutely shouldn't play Trey Young. I'm not going to play Trey Young if I have 50 lineups because I, I just can't <laughs> play him. I, I really can't. You know, I got stuck last year, Hess, in the uh, Doncic versus Young debate because I covered European basketball for so many years. And I watched Luka Doncic play in the under-17s. I mean, I saw Giannis Antetokounmpo play in the second division of Greece when nobody was talking about him. And, and I wouldn't have drafted him at all. That's how bad he was or how, how awkward he was. But but Trey Young, come on, Really? He's not Luka Doncic, and he's not going to be on my team. But there's a couple other players in that range. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Ben Simmons. Of the three, Westbrook probably has the best matchup, right? I actually think it's Ben Simmons. I think that Russell Westbrook has a really good matchup. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of expect that with... Um, D'Angelo Russell gone, that Draymond Green, at least for defensive purposes, is going to play a little point guard. So I would think that that Russell Westbrook will get 10, 15 minutes of Draymond Green coverage, you know, while Ben Simmons gets Spencer Dinwiddie and um, I don't even remember who the backup is there after him. Right. I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Yeah, the, you know, the Nets, the Nets are one of my – favorite spots to target point guards against and I think that with Harden and Russell Westbrook on this slate that Ben Simmons can go completely under the radar well that's a fair take right there um I think that I think the guy who's going to get a most owned is Harden probably of the point guards and the shooting guards um I would think that Westbrook would be number two I think Trey Young would be number three and Simmons would be number four but you know who might go under the radar too then in that same game is Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't like Philadelphia's defense. Okay, they're 23-2 and two at home. But, I mean, that's point spread. I handicapped this game for work. And, and I can tell you this. Brooklyn's going to cover the spread. There's my hot take for that too. Yeah, the, the big weakness on Philly is small forward. So I'm not sure who's going to start there at the shakeup. Um, you know, maybe Levert or uh, Tarian Prince. If it's Prince at 4,500, that's a spot that I love. Right. And that I would absolutely go there. You know, they kind of just shuffle those forwards all around, so you're going to have to wait for lineup to see. But if I can get Joe Harris or, or Prince or one of those guys that are the cheaper forwards for Brooklyn, um, maybe Garrett Temple in that matchup, then that's a spot that I'm really interested in. That sounds good. You know who I like in that game? DeAndre Jordan. I like Jordan. He's going to be way under-owned. He's 5,300, and Embiid doesn't really play defense. Does he? Um, I'm not sure how much of Embiid he'll see if with Jared Allen been starting. But DeAndre Jordan has had multiple good games in a row. He, you know, He's had 26 and then back-to-back 40-point games while hovering, hovering right around um, you know 20-ish minutes a game. So at that price on a six-game slate, I mean that's somewhere that I would also be willing to go. Because who's he going to go up against? Who 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 will he go up against when Embiid's out? It's cake money for um, him. Kyle O'Quinn, maybe. Oh my <laughs> god! 
I go up against him. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, DeAndre Jordan is my guy. Who else do you like in that game since we're talking about it? I really like Embiid um, as well, uh, another pay-up spot that I think that people are going to miss. You know, Embiid all season long has been a 10K player until here recently. His minutes are kind of down, but his fantasy points per minute are still pretty high up. Right. At 9K, probably, you know, for most people, he's the, you know, sixth or seventh highest priority in that price range. I'm not completely opposed to stacking this game now that we're looking at it. I mean, Simmons, Embiid, Dinwiddie, and then somebody like Garrett Temple, if he starts, that's really not a bad game stack on a game that nobody should be playing. Right, and they probably won't. I think it's the lowest total on the game. Well, no, the Chicago-Charlotte game is the lowest. That's awful, 209. We're not even going to talk about that game, are we? I think that we should at least touch on it. There's some value there. Okay, okay. What what value do you see in that game? Because I am dying to know. Because I handicapped um, this game for work, too, and I, ugh, I, I thought about it. While I was doing it, I said, should I talk about this on the show with Hess? You believe me, so right? So the front court injuries, I do. <laughs> but the front court injuries are really piling up now. We have Wendell Carter Jr. We have Laurie out. We have Odo, Odo Porter, Chris Dunn. Um, and now Chandler Hutchinson is also hurt, who's been the guy that's been filling at 30-plus minutes. I think possibly putting Shaq Harrison in the starting role. He's a stone-cold 3K tomorrow. And, you know, for 3K against Charlotte, who's terrible against uh, power forwards and centers, if I can get 30 minutes out of Shaq Harrison, that's that's almost a spot that I'm going to go to frequently, probably in, in 75, 80% of my lineups. Really? He's yeah, 3,000 bucks. Yeah, 3,000. And, you know, I think that if he starts, he's getting 30 minutes. You know, somebody's got to get those minutes, and they have nobody left. Denzel Valentine is also still out. So they have they have literally nobody up front left to play except Shaq Harrison and Luke Cornett, who are both very cheap. You know, he's 3,700. Shaq Harrison's 3K. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, but is he going to – about how many minutes is he going to – how many minutes is this kid going to get? How? And, and, yeah, you know, looking at him – and he's and he's in a raw freaking position to begin with at DraftKings. But how how is that possible that he can only be three thousand bucks? But that's a crapshoot. That's a GPP play, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. Even for cash games, if you get that he's a confirmed starter before before it locks, I would absolutely play him for three K in cash. But if it's you know if it's in a spot where he's not starting, that's when it starts to get a little murkier and. I'd go from you know wanting eighty percent to maybe twenty percent just in case. I think but, I'm going to go. You know, Thad Young, Rad Thad is the I'm man. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's where you were going to. Uh, Thad Young is also fifty four hundred, and like I said, nobody is up front that can play. Um, you know, I think that Thad Young is probably going to get all the minutes he can handle too. You know, he's seen over thirty minutes um, in seven straight games. He's had, you know, he topped out 37. I think that we could see one of those 36, 37-minute games um, against Charlotte who can't guard power forwards and centers at all. Wow. Rad Thad is the man. You know when he's the best, though, is when he plays a team like Philadelphia because, you know, those he does not like them for trading him. 
I don't blame him. But uh, is there anybody else in this game? What about Zach Levine? Uh, Ninety-two hundred. I'm I'm really not interested. I think that Graham and Rozier are one of the better defensive front courts or back courts. Um, same with Chicago. I really don't like to to target guards against Chicago. I don't hate Terry Rozier at fifty-seven hundred, even in this matchup. Chicago does um, allow a lot of steals, and Rozier and Graham being you know one of the better defensive. Uh, duos that's at 5700 if you add a steal or two to what he usually does um, he's going to pay off that price tag really easily so while it's not a play that I love from a matchup standpoint that price makes it really interesting you know Rozier does get minutes I mean they stick with him because they have to because they had to pay for so much for him but uh, Terry Rozier is going to end up the same way Reggie Jackson is Rozier is just one of the those guys that, you know, he'll have 20 points for six, six games straight, and then all of a sudden he blows up for 50. So when I can get him at 5,700, that's a spot where, you know, you play Terry Rozier, I think. I won't pay a lot for him. You know, when he's in the 7Ks, 8Ks, I won't touch him. But when he comes down underneath 6K, that's the time that you plug him in and hope he has one of those blow-up blow up spots. Well, you have to hope that, right? I mean, you have to hope that. But I think Terry Rozier is Reggie Jackson. I think they're better bench guys than they are starters. Now Reggie Jackson's playing for the Clippers, and he's not on this uh, slate. Milwaukee, Detroit. Detroit has thrown in the towel. Who do you like for Mil- in that game? Nobody? Uh, I actually have a little bit of interest here, too, unfortunately. No, it's okay. Um, There's Rose nothing unfortunate to... about my Pistons. <laughs> Derek Rose is down to 5,900 on DraftKings. That's a... You know, he was just an 8K player before he got hurt, and that was with Reggie Jackson. Um, so, you know, Derrick Rose is probably going to see 30, 35 minutes coming out of the All-Star break. He's fresh um, at 5,900, even against Milwaukee. That's the spot that I like. Um, Christian Wood has come back under 7K. Wood's a player that I, you know, always like to play. He's consistently at 35 points with a 50-point ceiling. So at 6,900, it's really easy to see him pay off his price tag there. And then a guy I talk about on this podcast all the time, it, I feel like I bring up his name on every single one, is Bruce Brown. Right. Bruce Brown's 5,200. He's going to be back up in that 35, 37-minute range. He plays point guard and small forward, so he's in the rotation quite often. And, um, you know, Milwaukee's one weak point is that they actually give up a, a really high success rate to three-point shots. So, you know, these guards that, that take threes a little bit more, um, well, and, and the, you know, wings too are spots that I'm willing to go to even against a good defense like Milwaukee. I like that, but you know, I only like one player on this whole game and you can guess who it is. Can't you? Is he honest? No, 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 no. I don't like playing honest. <laughs> He's too expensive. I'm going to go with Markeith Morris. He's 3,800. He'll oh. get at least 20 minutes. He'll get up. He'll jack up his shots. He'll get his buckets underneath, and they'll he'll make twenty eight points, and that'll be more than value. Yeah, I could see you know paying that for Marquise Morris. I also really like Eric Bledsoe. He's still kind of um, priced up, which will make sure he has no ownership. But Detroit's been really bad against guards, and they'll be even worse without Reggie Jackson. I think Reggie Jackson is probably the best one of them defensively, which is really saying something. Actually, right? Huh. <laughs> uh, so, 
you know, Eric Bledsoe against Bruce Brown, Derek Rose, and probably Jordan Bone. Um, even at 7,200, I think that's a really contrarian spot where Eric Bledsoe could have, um, you know, 40 fantasy points at probably sub 10% ownership on a six-game slate. Steph Curry might play tomorrow. That'd be crazy. Why? I mean, not really, I guess, but I just, I've gotten so used to uh, the NBA with no Steph Curry that that's, uh, that's a little bit of a shakeup. If Steph Curry plays tomorrow, he oh. scores, he gets a 50-burger. I wish we could have seen uh, Steph and Russell play a little more before they traded him. <laughs> right, right. But they had to, though. I mean, you know, but the guy I like in that game is Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins is going to eat. Like Wiggins. Wiggins, Wiggins for Wiggins at 7,600 is probably a little high, but he's playing against Houston. They don't play any defense at all. He's going to be the focal point of the offense, he being Andrew Wiggins. If Curry doesn't play, then you got to go with Wiggins, right? At least I do. I like Wiggins. Uh, my favorite player in that game is Robert Covington. Um, Golden State's one of the worst teams in the league at three-point shots. Um, they're also really bad at defending um, forwards and centers. Right. They always have been. Um, so, yeah, so Covington at 5,500 with the role that he's been playing for Houston. Um, that's a spot that I really like. Plus, Eric Gordon is doubtful, which will give you know him – um, House Jr., hopefully not P.J. Tucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, it will be him, though. No one needs it. Yeah, no one needs any more excuses to play P.J. Tucker, though. Like, I'm I'm really done with the P.J. Tucker. Okay. I, I, just, I just constantly fade him, and if he has 50 points and beats me, it's, so be it. But I'm not playing P.J. Tucker, ever. <laughs> okay, that's fair. You know, I get that. I have a dead to me list, too, when he's on it. I like Draymond Green a bit in this game, too. He's not bad priced because it's Houston. I mean, he's going to score, right? Uh, you'd think so, but but Draymond actually hasn't been scoring much recently. Um, he's been actually getting a lot of his points from assists. And with no one else on the team anymore to really score for him, I'm actually not sure that he'll pay off that $6,500 price tag. Yeah, it is kind of high, but it is Houston, though. I mean, nobody's going to stop him. Only the only one that stops well, Draymond like that, Green is him. Like I said, I, I would usually agree, but Draymond Green's never been like a big scorer. Um, he very rarely um, gets those kind of points. It's usually like a defense kind of thing with some assists and and with um, no stars around him and, and no real big scores. He kind of scares me until Steph comes back. I would like to see his price come down under six K, and then maybe I'd start considering him. Um, I think even on the six-game slate, I won't go there. I'd, I'd much rather have uh, Robert Covington for a thousand less. Yeah, you know he's going to play. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, but the only problem is, is Robert Covington can't really go off. But if he gets thirty-five fantasy points or more, that is going off. So, and he's hit that twice in the last five games. Twice in the last four. Three times. Yeah, three times. That's not a bad play at fifty-five hundred. So Robert Covington, y'all, put him in your lineups. Lock and load. Is there anybody else that you like before we uh, let these fine people go? Um, there's actually a couple guys I like here. I really like the value here. I'm kind of fading the stars up top, and probably I can play a lot of Harden or Westbrook. Um, I have a little bit of Wiggins, no Draymond Green. Um, but I, I like Lee. Um, Harden is has always been terrible at defense. 
Um, Lee should line up against them at 5,200. And like we said, somebody here has to score. Um, I think that Lee can do that. I really like House. If Eric Gordon misses, House you know, takes a lot of threes already um, with that extra usage coming from Eric Gordon against Golden State, who's really bad at three points. I think at 4,600, you can do worse. And I also like um, Eric Paschel. Yeah, I right? like him a lot. 4,300, right? He's 4,300. Um, he, he's been getting a lot more playing time now that um, Russell got traded. You know, he's seen 27, 28, 33 minutes in three out of the last four games. This Houston defense is bad. With Russell Westbrook playing, they're one of the fastest teams in the league. Um, so these cheap Golden State guys is a way to get um, a little bit of exposure to this game without having to play um, Harden and Westbrook and giving up your Ben Simmons and an Embiid of the night. Marquise Chris is another one. He's going to eat against that small ball lineup because he can play small ball. You know, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see tomorrow night, if, if you stay up and watch this game, you're going to see true, sno- true small ball at its finest. You know, the, I, I get a kick out of some of these people I hear who talk about small ball. They think the Atlanta Hawks are going to play small ball. No, you see... Golden State played small ball. They really did. But they also played defense. Their team was built from defense first. Most of these teams aren't. Draymond Green is a tough small ball player. There ain't a small ball player like him in the league when he's playing with his boys. Right now, he's just a figment of his own self. And that's okay. You know what? He's picking up his checks, and God bless him. Now, I think I had one other guy I wanted to mention. Hold on. Let me see where I found him again. Oh, you know what? You know who I like tomorrow night? A sneaky play. Way under the radar play who will get 31 minutes at least for sure. Goran Dragic against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I actually initially included Goran in my player pool. Right. We actually didn't talk about that game. Uh, we skipped it. Oh, we well, yeah. Cause, young and oh, yeah, because you know I get That's why you missed it. I get it. See? Go ahead. Let's talk about this game. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually really liked Dragic when I first went through. Um, he does play a lot of minutes. Uh, the Atlanta's really terrible against point guards, especially. But then when I went back through and I was just kind of acting through my player pool, I have a lot of players right in that range that I really like. And he was just one of the guys I ended up crossing out last minute. Um, so it's, it's definitely a play that I do like but it isn't my favorite. I'd rather have Derrick Rose at 5,900, Rozier at 5,700, um, Lee at 5,200, Bruce Brown at 5,200. So there's all these guys that I, I really, really like on this slate, and Dragic's just a guy that I like. So he, he kind of got X'd out for me. Well, how dare you? But that's okay. He's not. Out, <laughs> I, I haven't X'd him out. And you know who else I like? I like Kendrick Nunn in that game too. Yeah, in that game, I really think Jimmy Butler is my favorite, especially if he gets the start at shooting guard. You know, they kind of move him all around, so you really never know where he's going to be. Right. But guards against Atlanta is another one of the spots where I consistently target. Atlanta is one of the worst teams in the league. At, I actually think they're number one. They give up like nine steals a game. So the defensive-oriented um, heat guys will be really standouts for me, which brings me all the way down to – Andre Iguodala for 3,300. 
in his first game there, he saw 24 minutes, and now we're fresh off the All-Star break, which makes me think that he's going to have 25 minutes again. He scored 19 fantasy points at 3,300 on a six-game slate against Atlanta, who's already bad against guards and give up a lot of steals. I think that he's a player that could really pay off that price tag, especially if you play a showdown for that game. I would have, if, if you play the showdowns, Iguodala 100% should be in those lineups, and I will really consider having him as value in my main slate lineups as well. That's a good call. You know who else I like is Bam Adebayo. I think he's going to eat against Atlanta. They can't stop anybody. They don't try to stop anybody. They're just like the Harlem Globetrotters of the South, and, and that's okay. You know, circuses, we need them. We need the circus sometimes. You know, what else do you like? You like anybody else in this game? Uh, I also like Bam. Bam's kind of weird for me because I feel like he always has 45 fantasy points. And that's a really great game without that ceiling in large slates. You know, when you get up to like those 10, 11 game slates, if you don't have a player that can get you 60 points at that price range, it actually ends up hurting you more times than not. Um, but it's 7,800 on a six game slate that guaranteed 45 points usually. You know, he's had 41, 42, 44, 40, 49, 48, 42, all in a row. So, you know, it's a good matchup for him and a good price tag. And I agree that I think that Bam is in a really good spot. Brooke Lopez is in a good spot against Detroit, too. I mean, he's at 5,600. He's there for you. Uh, you know what? Um, the other guy I like is Brandon Clark against Sacramento. I know Sacramento plays good against uh, centers, but... He's coming off the bench, and I think it'll be a lot easier for him. And, and really, that's about all I have tonight. Um, Markeith Morris, obviously, I like him. You know what you could like, though? Uh, you know what? This could make a play. Ugh. I don't know if Gorgie Dang is going to get the minutes, though. But he would be all right, too. He's only 3,100. But only if he gets the minutes. I mean, only if he gets the minutes. I'm not so sure he's going to. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I I don't think you need to go there with Iguodala and Shaq Harrison as options right there at 3,300 right. and 3K. Right. But, but on you know on a day that we don't have those, I think that's something that I would consider. Um, the last play for me that I haven't talked about is Kevin Huter, who's back down to 5,800. Um, you know, like I said, I don't really like to target those, those guards against Miami, but he's been a player that shows that he's going to get a ton of minutes you know, he's got over 40 minutes three times in the last seven games. Might be eight, seven or eight games. I'm not sure. But he's had 40, 48, 43. Um, there's a 39. So he's getting all the minutes that he can handle. Um, he takes a lot of shots. He takes a lot of threes. Um, you know, I think that that's been a way this year that the people have kind of attacked Miami because they're so good around the bucket that they tend to um, just start throwing up more threes than usual. That's not something that I have numbers to to back up, but on the games that I've seen, um, just kind of something I've noticed. So at 5,800, I would really consider um, Kevin Huter as well. Yeah, he's okay. You know, he's hot and cold. But, you know, the focal point is going to be Trey Young, and then it's going to be Collins, and then him. But he might get his shot. He definitely can play. There's no question about that. It's going to be a great slate. We're going to have a lot of uh, content tomorrow. At Win Daily on Thursday, we for sure will. We're recording this on Wednesday. You might not hear this until Thursday. I may not get it up there till Thursday. 
but we have so much to offer. $19.99 gets you everything that we have, including our Discord chat where everyone is in there, including my co-host, David Hess. For David Hess. Yeah, if I could just chime in. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Um, I actually started making a complete sheet um, filled with my entire player pool for the day by price, by position, um, my favorite plays at each price tier. And that's something that is also included for win daily members in the Discord chat. Yeah, you need to get into Discord. Next, gonna you have to you have to subscribe. That's all you can do, and you should. We have a lot of great stuff. What you see for free is just a snippet, a sample of what we do every day at Win Daily Sports. For David Hess, I'm Phil Nasons. We want to thank you for listening to the Win Daily Podcast.